Roma You're always on the run now Running after somebody You gotta get them somehow I think you've got to slow down Before you start to blow it I think you're heading for a breakdown So be careful not to show it You really don't remember Was it something that they said? All the voices in your head Calling Macoma Macoma Don't you think you're falling? If everybody wants you Why isn't anybody calling? You don't have to answer Leave them hanging on the line Oh, oh, call it Macoma Macoma, Macoma I think they've got your number Macoma, I think they've got the alias Macoma that you've been living under Macoma But you really don't remember Was it something that they said? All the voices in your head Calling Macoma This is John Drake This is Todd Bendis I'm Ward Freeman This is Kathy Miller this is wonderful. Hi ho, Kermit the Frog here. And you're listening to. And you're about to listen to. You're listening to. The South Richfield. South Richfield. South Richfield. South Richfield. South Richfield. Podcast with your hosts Scott, Scott, Scott Luther, and Matt Coma. Matt Coma. Matthew Choma. <laughs> <laughs> Hey now everybody, welcome to episode 6 of the South Richfield Podcast. I'm your host Scott Luther, and with me as always is Matthew P. Coma. Hey Matt. Hey Scott, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's a great day here in Richfield. The birds are uh, chirping, the, the cicada are out in full force, disrupting everyone's lives. Uh, do you guys have the cicada flock up there? No, I, I was in full anticipate in anticipation, waiting for them, and hasn't happened yet. Are you supposed to have them this year? Yeah, there was a big to do all about it. Oh, we're not that far away from you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, in uh, in Bath, I wish you'd all everybody would come out and visit us once in a while. <laughs> I'll come out and visit. Oh great! <laughs> Maybe I'll I'll ride on the back of a cicada. <laughs> we we got some big ones out here in South Richfield. I was hoping that we would have them here because I I remember when I was <clears throat> roughly my son's age. Um, he's ten right now. I, I remember us taking our BB gun and just having a a, <laughs> a heck of a time just blasting cicadas. And then feeding them to all the bass in our pond. <laughs> I think our bass must have grown <laughs> a foot each that year. And then died because they all had BBs in their guts. <laughs> you you mean you didn't you didn't pit the cicadas afterwards like you would a cherry? 
Uh, we didn't learn that. <laughs> hey, but you know what? They say that bugs taste like lobster or crab because they're all arachnids. Like, not arachnids. What is it? Arthropods. Arthropods. Right. Would you Would you eat a cicada? Well, I, I did find a recipe. Uh, I was looking on the internet, and I found a recipe for cicada granola bars. Oh. So you would you you're supposed to take off the wings and legs, I think, and then uh, bake the cicada, mm-hmm. and like at four hundred or f- it was actually it was like five hundred degrees. You're supposed to bake these things until they're extra crunchy, and then grind them all up, and then mix them in with like brown sugar and honey and uh, like a granola type cereal. <laughs> Spread it in a pan and then. Uh, cut your bars, <laughs> and I was. So, you know, I, I think I think that's what Quaker Oats does right now. Anyway, <laughs> it's funny that actually it's funny that we were mentioning this. I got a recall. I got a phone call from Giant Eagle last week about Nature Valley uh, recalling some nut bars, and I found these nut bars in the grocery store one day, and I love them. I I just buy them and take them to the office and that's my morning breakfast. So I keep a couple boxes in the office and they were recalled for possible listeria contamination from the sunflower seeds that the supplier had recalled. So I had to call general mills yesterday and say, I had, uh, I had to throw out these, these bars, give me some money back. So, (laughs) so they're going to send me a coupon for new bars, but I don't know when they're going to be back in stock. They're not there yet at the store because they pulled them all off the shelves just in the past week. Was it uh, only the Giant Eagle stock? No, Did it I was... maybe try to pull something on uh, Kroger or Sam's Club? No, it was nationwide. Oh, so man. They're just uh, voluntary. I had already eaten a few of them out of the box, and I didn't get sick, but I guess... Probably some chance that I got a lot going for me right now. <laughs> Have you ever had food poisoning? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. Would you know? Well, I had it once, and I, I definitely knew. <laughs> Do you remember what you had that, had, or how you caught oh, it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I remember. Um, I was in. Uh, I don't know if you were still in Toledo at the time. It was the summer of nineteen. 19- I guess 96. Oh, what a night. Yeah. Yeah, the summer of 1996. I was out in uh, South Dakota and Wyoming doing out there for eight weeks or so doing some geological mapping as part of my uh, a course that was required for uh, our, our geology class, our geology degree. So we were out there doing so. You know, in the absolutely beautiful areas, the Black Hills of South Dakota, anybody who enjoys uh, the outdoors, nature, one of the most beautiful places I have ever been. Spearfish, South Dakota, Deadwood, uh, beautiful area. Anyway, um, I guess a word of advice to all the listeners in podcast land is when you're in the middle of uh, our great nation, uh, I would recommend not going to a Chinese restaurant and ordering shrimp. (laughs) I thought, you know, shrimp in South Dakota, they have to be fresh. Well, I think that was part of the problem. Because when I ordered it, the guy looked at me and went, Huh? You sure you don't want the beef? <laughs> I mean, there's cows everywhere. I want the shrimp. 
give me the Szechuan shrimp. So I ate that, and uh, w- what we had to do, we were out in the field um, hiking around, uh, mapping rock formations for 12, 14-hour days. And while I was out there, it hit me, and um, we had to come back in. My partner, thankfully, had enough water on him because I was vomiting and having diarrhea. It, you know, this is hiking around in the outdoors. Ugh. And they had to take me into the hospital for the next three and a half days. Holy it cow. It full of fluids. Yeah, it was, uh, it sucked. It really sucked. And for the most part, they had me, uh, either they had me knocked out or I was knocked out. I, those days just sort of passed. The uh, professor for the class came in uh, every day just to check up on me how it was doing, but... At least I got out of an assignment. <laughs> so I, I guess it it is good that you would bake your cicada at 500 degrees, because my shrimp they were definitely not they were not cooked that hot. Well, these cicada would be fresh. I mean, they just came out of the ground. Oh, that's true. They can't get much fresher. Somebody, you know, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a cicada expert. But my understanding of the life cycle of the 17-year cicada is this. While they're in the ground, in their pupa stage or whatever stage it would be, they're eating. Once they mature and come out of the ground and molt and, and have, I guess, become adult cicada, uh, they don't have mouths, so they don't eat. Their whole purpose at that point is to find another cicada right, and head down by the fire <laughs> and do what comes natural to cicada at that point well nolan found a cicada with two heads and two sets of wings and two bodies and said mom i found i found a double-headed cicada and it has two bodies and she looked and it was just two cicadas doing it (laughs) (laughs) the bottom one is sick and the one on top is pushing him to the hospital (laughs) I, I think I saw someone uh, call them land lobsters. It was either cicada or something else. I heard this term not too long ago, and I can't remember who said it, but it would make sense. Because of the taste? No, because uh, they're both, are they both arthropods? I, or, I well, guess they're lobsters are, yeah. what, a crustacean? Yeah, they're crustaceans, but I, yeah, they're all arthropods. I think arthropod mean you have, they have joints, jointed... Uh, limbs and an exoskeleton i think that's all that qualifies i wish i i wish i had done my research on on uh arthropods or cicada at the very least <laughs> all i know is they're everywhere no i yeah i'm really disappointed we don't have them here yet you're just waiting to show jack and sydney yeah yeah both my kids are outdoor kids they they enjoy the outdoors and they're not afraid to get dirty or whatever so I think they'd really get a kick out of them especially if we threw them in our pond and seeing the bass just eat them you know that's always fun Bloop. oh that guy got it get out to Red Rider yeah you know Jack did get a BB gun for uh, his birthday or was it for Christmas and he hasn't got it out so we gotta get that thing warmed up yeah now that it's, it is summer I mean summer is here yeah, it was. There's no doubt. I mean, it's 64 degrees. And by the way, uh, happy birthday! Thank um, you. 44 years old. Wow. I, I remember, uh, you know, being in my 20s, 
uh, and there's this commercial about some guy working with uh, the Bowflex, <laughs> and he's and on the commercial he would say, "I'm 44 years old, and I'm in better shape now than I was in my 20s." And I thought, "That loser." Who's <laughs> <laughs> man? I wish I was in <laughs> better shape now. I I actually look like yeah I'm double my age and I'm I'm pretty much double my weight. <laughs> That's what I was in my 20s. I remember I was I was extremely skinny still into my mid to late 20s. And it wasn't until I actually got a desk job that I started putting on the weight. Because that's, I was constantly moving before before I started sitting, sitting at a desk all day. So, and I didn't start doing that until, I want to say, 99. So, geez, I was 28. When I took a desk job, so I was probably still 130 I, pounds up until then. I remember when things changed for me. I was 25 years old, and I had just finished eating a whole cherry pie. And <laughs> I, I looked down, and there was like this bubble in my belly. I went, huh, I've never seen that before. What's that doing there? And that bubble never went away. <laughs> Everything just kind of grew around the bubble. Did you eat the tin, the pie tin? And maybe that oh. might still be there holding things up. <laughs> it might be. I backed up pretty bad. <laughs> but that that was the part where my, my metabolism changed. I think I just m- maybe shocked my system with all that sugar and carbohydrates. And I went, nope, we're done. Time yeah. to get fat. <laughs> we can... Uh, we should uh we should have a, a listener um, weight loss competition where we where we all try to see who could uh, lose the most weight. We could set up some sort of group on some sort of tracking device like the Fitbit or or something. Yeah, I don't know. Do you wear gets a South Richfield podcast T shirt? Yeah. Do you wear any of those uh, activity trackers like the Fitbit or the Up or anything like that? Uh. A couple years ago, Penny bought me uh, a Fitbit, and um, I couldn't figure out how to recharge it. (laughs) So then she she took it over, and now she has it. Okay. (laughs) Well, she has since upgraded, and I tell you, she has got on. She has a Fitbit and and on a program and all that sort of stuff to stay in shape. She was always in uh, in decent shape and always looked good, and but now she's got into this. uh, What is the program that she's in? The 21 Day Fix, I think is what it's called. Um, it's part of the Beach Body family. Okay. And she's been doing that for about six months now, and very dedicated. And, and I, I hopped in there for a while until I twisted my ankle. And, then I had and say, how long ago I, was I, that? I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I twisted my ankle about, about in December, about Christmas time. <laughs> but it really was bad. It still kind of hurts a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well we can uh we can inspire each other and maybe some of our listeners can help i know yeah, uh, you know it's that's one thing that is is always part of these uh efforts is is group participation as, as people would write in and say what they've accomplished i think it might inspire other people yeah and um you know you might get that that feeling of guilt that oh i better do it too because you know the listeners are doing it <laughs> Competition always brings out the best in people. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I have a Fitbit, and 
I've been doing pretty good this past week because I I am working on that foundation for the shed and I've been uh, loading gravel and uh, unloading it at, up at the site and spreading it around and I built this retaining wall and it actually it actually looks good Matt I can't believe it. it it's a, leaning a little bit because I think maybe I didn't make everything level all the way but we'll see how long it lasts <laughs> after they actually deliver the shed well, I, we'll see are you going to be building the, the shed itself are they going to deliver the materials and you build it or is it already going to be fabricated and they're just going to drop it it's going to be pre-built and they're going to drop it off I just had to, had to have the site ready right. so they're going to drop it off next week and uh, I'm I have the site pretty much all set. I have to. I have a few more loads of gravel to take up there, and just spread around. But otherwise, it's pretty. It's pretty level right now. Well, I I, I got to tell you this. I, as a uh, graduate of the University of Toledo's School of Engineering, with a civil engineering degree, nothing is more important than a good foundation. I, okay. I ended up with like a C plus, so I I <laughs> might not know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Well, I, I I think it's pretty important to have a good foundation. <laughs> I think I think it's good. I, I could have I was talking to Andy Klein last night, and I told him what I did, and I showed him some pictures, and he asked me how how far down I put the rebar on the bottom course of the wood, and I'm like ah like eight inches because it was they were one foot pieces, and then I started questioning myself. Maybe I should have used you know like two foot pieces down down mm-hmm. into the earth but uh, we'll see i have a bunch of pieces throughout that bottom course so should be okay i think yeah. hey hold you, on you one can never oh, you, you can sure overbuild these things Dad, but the toilet is you know it's oh. not <laughs> did you hear that who's that no one he said dad the toilet uh, is broke. yeah what did he say the toilet is broke which toilet? Oh, you get... the one up here. Which one? Oh, that's nothing. Don't worry about that. Okay. <laughs> okay. The hinges came off the, you know, the back of the toilet, where it kind of folds up and down. I can fix that. <laughs> you mean the uh, the handle? No, it's the where the lid lifts up. And goes back down. It's one of those slow, yeah. slow ones, so they can't slam it. And the uh, little oh, you put it, you press it down, you press down on the bolts, and it kind of locks it in place. Why? Well, when I fixed that toilet a few weeks ago in a prior episode, um, <laughs> I think it was just uh-huh. last week. I must not have pushed down hard enough, and they came loose. So I just need to go. Well, you know, care of that. we we talked about it in your last episode, or was two episodes ago so everybody down there or out there download that episode again uh we discussed uh home repairs and i think that you we we got into the toilet repair but we didn't get there completely if i recall you said that you'd got only one of the um bolts nuts yeah one of the nuts bolts yeah i've heard it both ways well (laughs) so how'd you finish it up with a hacksaw (laughs) All right. I hacksawed. I cut the bolts off. Carry on from there. What happened next? Uh, Well, I uh, actually had a new part down in the basement from a previous uh, 
patch job I had done on the toilet. Where just one little part awesome. broke, but you have to buy the whole kit. So I had the rest of the kit there, but I didn't have new bolts that I just cut off. So I had to go to the store and buy new bolts. I bought them, I put everything in, I fixed it. It was kind of a, a little bit of a pain, and it works. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Scott. You get a star punch on your man card for that. Well, thank you. I mean, it, it was it was... It was a beginner level repair, I would say. It's just a pain because those those bolts get corroded from the. It's constantly wet back there because you know it's a boy's bathroom. They're peeing all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, is there anything grosser than a boy's bathroom? I no, mean, no. Well, a, a, a locker room <laughs> where there's more boys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. You do not want to put your hand on them. You don't want to touch anything in there. And these guys aren't even haven't even hit puberty yet. They're hitting nothing. <laughs> they're they're Just hit, going in there and spraying. Hitting nothing. My kids like to pee everywhere. They uh, <laughs> like uh, last month Wade was asleep on the couch and he gets up and I see him. I'm sitting there and Nolan's sitting there. Wade gets up. He pulls down his pants and he pees on the coffee table. <laughs> what? He was sleeping. Was he asleep? He was asleep. Oh. Gets up, pees right on Nolan's Kindle. <laughs> oh my god. And I'm like, Wade, get up, you're asleep. So I like uh I'm like, wait. So he goes he goes into the bathroom downstairs and he opens up the vanity. <laughs> under the sink and is about to continue his peeing there and I go running I'm like no and he uh, he got him to the toilet so he did that I think maybe just build some troughs around the walls for <laughs> until they're about 18 <laughs> well it's summertime you can just say go, boys you're going outside <laughs> yeah well they do that too I mean it's fun to pee outside there is something liberating about it. Yeah. My my son just he's happy as a clam. Finds a tree, goes. Doesn't yep. see a tree, still goes. <laughs> the, the bad thing is that the dog co will come over while he's taking a leak and <laughs> and lift his leg. Don't hit the dog. Don't hit the dog. <laughs> Aim away. Aim away. There's a pee spot in our yard and the boys come running around and I'll see him. I'll be working in the yard, and all of a sudden I see him coming, like running it from the driveway. And they don't go into the house; they'll just go to the backyard, <laughs> <laughs> where it's kind of hidden from the street. And they'll pee in this corner, uh, which is fine. I mean, I'm I know we peed all over the place. We peed off the, we peed out of the door of the barn growing. <laughs> It was always fun because you might hit a cow, <laughs> and you got to see a a physical representation of what trajectory looked like. Right, a full arc all the way down. So, so I have this foundation for this barn, and uh, I ha we had to order a barn because after eight years, we're a three car garage, and it just has gotten filled up with so much junk. We we would probably have like six or seven bicycles in there, a uh, push mower, a lawn mower, snow blower, 
and it's just gotten full so i'm like we need to order a barn and <clears throat> so we've, we're finally getting that and i'll be able to put the lawnmower up there so i'm pretty excited about that and i was thinking about this when we're thinking about things to talk about this week was lawn, proper lawn mowing techniques and i don't know if do you have a riding mower or do you have a push mower I have both. I have a riding mower. I have a 50-inch Troy built red horse, and then I have a Toro push mower, and then we have a just a I guess a weed whacker is what you would call it. Right. But I, I see these lawns where I see these patterns, and I think that look like a baseball diamond or the outfield of a baseball. How do they do that? Well, I can I can tell you if oh? <laughs> you'd like to, if you'd like to know. I mean, do tell, do tell. Well, it's all about uh, rolling after you're done mowing, rolling your yard, and and you know cutting in different directions. And it's pretty much just the angle of the blades that is making those those patterns. So, uh, I mean, there's there's all kinds of techniques. Do you uh, do you alternate patterns in your yard each each time you mow? Um. No, I just kind of <laughs> go in circles and around <laughs> trees and make loop-de-loops every now and then. Gosh. So, Am I, I doing something wrong? Well, and then I look down and I realize, oh, crap, I had the blade two, two cycles too low. Uh, or two settings too low. Yeah, the most, I mean, first of all, number one rule of mowing a lot. And... I did not get this from my brother Dan, even though he is a professional lawnmower. That's what he does. He laughs at me when I ask him how he likes my yard. But um, <laughs> you have to remember that mowing is pruning your grass, so you don't want to take too much off of it. And so that that number one rule is the one third rule: never remove more than one third of the grass blade at any one time. So. Uh, try to make sure you don't have that setting too low. I, I, I used to cut very low because I didn't want to have to cut again, <laughs> you know, for a few weeks. But your lawn will thank you if you, uh, if you, you know, cut about a third, third of that that blade of grass off each time. It'll it'll help keep your lawn healthy. And you should always remember these basic rules: always mow when your grass is dry. Because the blades of the grass will be standing up, and it'll be less likely to clump when when you cut it. And don't mow in the heat of the day to prevent heat stress on your grass. Keep your lawnmower blades sharp and balanced, because ragged cuts made by dull blades increase the chance of disease and pests. (laughs) And you should change your mowing pattern each time you mow. So, for example, what I do is I'll, I usually start off one week I'll go east to west, and the next week I'll go north to south, and then the third week I'll do a diagonal. Then I'll start over. And sometimes I'll start in the very middle of the yard and just do a NASCAR and just make a left-hand turn the entire time and uh, do the whole lot. That way, <laughs> except it How gets. How big a lawn do you have? It's, uh, I don't. Or that even, you cut, I should say. 
I cut a couple acres. So that's sizable. That's sizable. Yeah, so what we, do you have? I have a John Deere uh, 54 inch deck. Whoa. Yeah, I just I had a 42 inch deck. It was that taking takes forever. forever. Yeah, but that's when I had we we're at our old house. I had bought that, and you know it was just a normal South Richfield uh, village lot <laughs> on, a, on a ranch. You know all those houses are. You know what a hundred foot hundred foot frontage something like right. that so it was like three quarters of an acre but yeah so this... you'll do a, a, a NASCAR left-hand turn for hours <laughs> well it gets You're tricky. dizzy by the time it's over it gets tricky with the corners because then you'll run into the driveway and the fence where the cows are and <laughs> you're like a crud so then you have to figure out how to get the corners and make them look like you still were able to go in a circle. But I'm pretty good, so <laughs> I, can, I can do that. At what age will you start letting the boys cut? Uh, Nolan is, what, nine, ten now? Nolan's nine. I tried to teach him. His legs weren't quite long enough for this mower yet. But I let him, I'm like, here, get on the lawnmower, and I want to see if you can drive this in a straight line. So, without the blades going, I put him on it, and his legs weren't quite long enough to press on the gas and keep kind of his butt on the seat at the same time. So, that did not work. I know people who have their kids mowing at 9, and I was probably mowing when I was 10 or 11, I'm sure. I remember crashing, uh, I remember crashing the lawnmower into, into one of our barns. Uh, I just I just went straight into it. It was a big concrete wall. Oh, well, you didn't see it, or what? I don't know what I was doing. I just remember doing it. I might have thought I was in reverse. <laughs> Maybe it was well, parked yeah, there. It's not like you're traveling at fifty miles an hour either. No. But um. My, my daughter is 12 now, and I keep telling her, all right, this is your summer. This is the summer where you're going to start mowing. And you know, I think it's it's good to kind of train her because in four years she'll she'll be driving. But I actually do kind of enjoy getting out and mowing the lawn. Uh, you know, I'll put on the pod, a podcast, usually the South Richfield podcast, and listen to episodes of that or uh, you know, any, anything else. And that's just sort of like my time, you know, while I'm out there. But I have noticed this: when my uh, when my phone is, is battery is dead and I can't do it, I get the lawn done about uh, about half the time. Because so, <laughs> because you're rushing, or you're just well, bored. I, I think I'm sort of daydreaming out there and 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 going over the same spots a few times. Just so you can hear the, the end of the podcast. Yeah. Last week when I was mowing, I listened to um, the Civilization Five podcast, which which are six years old at this point in time. But they were a series of podcasts that uh, they did to promote the upcoming Civilization Five game, and uh, I listened to them. I listened to all of them, all thirteen of them, over the past week. Even though that, like I said, I've been playing the game for, for six years. Uh, speaking of that, civilization, that game is part of. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say it's 
they're coming out with Civilization Six on October twenty first. So that is your birthday. That's that's my birthday. Your forty fifth birthday. And I'm taking a PTO day that day, and I hope it releases at midnight. It's probably going to be a download, and I'm just gonna I'm not doing anything on my birthday except doing that. Unless unless the family wants to take me out to dinner or something, but but I already have plans. <laughs> Civilization Six. They can take you out on the twenty second. Right, and that's a Saturday, so it's perfect. I'm not going to sleep. I already decided. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I recall us playing that on your old 386. Oh, that was Civilization <laughs> 1. Gosh. 1, right? Yeah, the original. And I, that and uh, Super Tecmo Bowl... Um, were the main causes of me getting under a 2.0 for a full year, I think. <laughs> that and that and dames. And dames? <laughs> right. <laughs> I never saw any dames in our apartment. I was I, it was always damsels. <laughs> oh, there was no distress. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you're. You're right. We had those Super Tech Mobile tournaments where we'd play an entire season in one night. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and we'd, you know, everyone would pick a team. And the games took, what, 10 to 15 minutes to play? But you'd be playing a full season, yeah. Yeah, so you'd say, okay, uh, Jets, who's the Jets? Oh, Mike, it's your turn to play. So, and hopefully, you know, you'd play a human player every once in a while. Because you have to play the computer uh, on some of those games, I think. Right. And so you hopefully you'd make it to the playoffs at three in the morning because <laughs> you'd start at eight uh, after you had pizza or something <laughs> from, from Marcos or, or wherever. <laughs> those are the memories. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I remember we had one big party once. And maybe twice, and that's about it. I do recall that there was a lot more video game play going on. Certainly, a lot more video game play than studying. Yeah, and other types of play. Yeah, <laughs> I remember uh, we played that. We'd play also when we were at that apartment. We'd play NBA Jam, I think, or one of those NBA uh-huh. games where. Someone could be Michael Jordan on the Bulls and consistently steal the ball under the basket on the inbounds. Keep, just keep getting basket after basket off of the inbound pass from the other team. <laughs> and it'd be like 200 to 10. After a while, it wasn't fun to play. And later on, when the PlayStation finally came out, that's when we started playing Madden because there was no Tecmo Bowl at that yeah, point. Right, right. And, and that, that Madden game, that first game, it, it did take it up a whole other level. Yeah. As far as the, the quality. You can Have just... you seen the, the, that very first Madden game? You look at it now versus obviously what they have now. <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember what, the, what it was. Actually, it was kind of similar to the first Tecmo Bowl, wasn't it? I think so. I can't. Was it vertical? Was it horizontal? Kind of like Tecmo yeah, I was? Yeah, it was. I just remember you could be Bo Jackson and nobody could tackle you. <laughs> right. 
You could go one end all the way back to the other end of the zone, 100 yeah. yards all the way back over to the other end. It was like that handheld Mattel football game where you just move left and right, and uh, those little dots would move up and down. Yeah, the little red dots. One of the greatest games ever. And you uh, could pass the ball on that. I love that thing. Yeah. Dave still plays that. Dave Barta. Yeah, if I if I had one, I would still play. You can you can still buy it. Maybe I know what I know what you're getting for your birthday. <laughs> I waste enough time as it is. <laughs> what on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it's no, it's the only productive thing I do all day. <laughs> I'm a government worker, remember? Well, hopefully, I don't know if they have a headphone jack, so you could uh, keep the volume down if you are playing it in your office. Yeah, I closed the door. Conference call. <laughs> All right, Mattel football. <laughs> Mowing the grass is a good time killer in the summer. Um, I would I would suggest you you change up your patterns, and uh, maybe you can try some of that striping and stuff. Well, how do they get that? Uh... That, that striping down in order to get the striping it's pretty much the way the sun is shining on the grass like I said you could take a roller and roll different patterns into your grass by going back and forth so you you want to bend some of the grass away from you and then some towards you to get that different effect and that's that's what do you do do you do that while you're cutting I suppose you could hook a roller behind your lawnmower and do it then, or you could do it afterwards. A lot of times... Well, I, I can tell you that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> now, you could do a checkerboard, and you could begin by mowing the perimeter of your property. All right. And then next, mow in opposing directions through the remaining portion of the property. Then, travel in the opposite direction of the original mowing pattern so if you're mowing north and south now mow east to west so you're, you're kind of going over the same place twice but you'll get a checkerboard but that's really the only way you can the only way you can do like a checkerboard yeah i've always looked at that thinking well they've got to be wasting an awful lot of gas <laughs> to get that done what I have to contend with, though, is I we have uh, a garden, um, and I cannot blow grass into that, so I can only go in one direction around yeah. that. I can only make the, the left-hand turns around the garden, so the grass is always blown to the outside until I get three or four passes, and then I can blow it back. And then on our patio, I always have to go to making right-hand turns. Until I make the three or four passes, then I can blow it back. Yeah. But this last time that I was mowing our lawn, uh, we have a lot of trees on the perimeter. And, you know, when you're mowing along the perimeter, you have to duck and dodge and bob and weave. <laughs> and uh, one of them got me, um, and it, it gouged my leg. But it also mm. somehow kicked the, uh, the cutting level from four, where I had it, down to low. <laughs> and, and I didn't know until about halfway done. Because, uh, you know, you, you keep looking back and going, man, something's not right with that. The grass I'm kicking out is looking awfully clumpy. 
you know i know it's new blades but they shouldn't be that sharp and uh you know i looked down oh crap and so that was right before we had a dry spell of about like uh, a week and a half two weeks and that whole section that i'd cut low burned out oh and i thought oh crap now what are we gonna do but fortunately it rained just enough to kind of keep it alive and I've been watering it just to bring, bring it along. Come on, baby. Don't die on me. Don't you die on me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful of those branches that just reach out like the whomping willow. <laughs> <laughs> we also have, uh, out by our pond, we have a, a strip of um, of blackberries. Ooh. And you gotta you got to time it. I have to ride side saddle <laughs> with my legs in the opposite direction. Because if uh, I'm wearing shorts while I'm mowing and those branches get me for the, the blackberries, you get scrape, 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 scrape all on the leg. Painful. Hey, Matt. Yeah. Did, did you hear about this uh, this news I, that people oh. are, are eagerly talking, that people have been talking about? It's the, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's the... Hungary Grave Digging Championships. So, grave diggers in Hungary have been taking part in the country's first national grave digging contest at a set cemetery in the city of, of uh, Debrecen. 18 two-man teams were judged on their speed and style with the fastest finishing in just over half an hour. Organizers say that the contest is intended to increase respect and recognition for the grave diggers' profession and attract more young people to the job. So the winners of the national contest will be competing in a regional contest to be held in Slovakia. That's where all your great grave diggers come from. Right. If you think the about the side of the family is all Slovakian, so <laughs> I know of which I speak. So the contestants all had uh, shovels, rakes, axes, and pickaxes to dig graves that uh, complied with the regulation size, which is uh, 2 feet 7 inches wide, uh, 6 foot 6 inches long, and 1 foot, actually I'm sorry, 1.6 meters deep, which is just over 5 feet. Jonas, or is it Jonas? I hit probably not Jonas. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't have to repair. He said we didn't have to re- prepare in any special way because we do this every day. Said Jonas from the nearby nice. village of. <laughs> yeah. Of, of <laughs> nearby village of Blepletot. <laughs> this is good earth, quite soft and humid, just right for the event. So uh, each team had its own technique. Some preferred to dig simultaneously, two men in the hole at once, you know, heaving the dirt out, while others had one man digging, the other forming the dirt in the neat piles around the grave site. The deputy chairman of the Hungarian Undertakers Association, Zoltán Jurasik, said, I, I don't think this is morbid. This is a profession, and the colleagues who toil in the competition today are proud and deserve our respect. 
Organizers say that the contest is meant to improve the prestige of grave digging and attract young men to a job that must still be done by hand in crowded cemeteries where mechanical diggers cannot fit. So with wow. more, more and more people opting for cremations and young people being increasingly unwilling to take up manual labor, the job is under threat. I guess a few, few people want to go into grave digging nowadays. Well, when you make it a, a spectator sport like this now, that's really going to get people involved. You're going to have, uh, you know, your your celebrity athletes. Could you imagine celebrity a fantasy grave fantasy gravedigger league? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I want Janos Zoltan. <laughs> you can have him. I'm taking Lazio. Laszlo. No, no, no. Laszlo just got paid. Zoltan's in a contract year, man. <laughs> I wonder this what, is his year. I wonder what kind of categories you'd uh, you'd you'd judge you'd score on. Well, I'm I'm really curious about the style points. You know, is it what you fling the the soil with a bit of flair? Is it speed of digging? I mean, if you can get a hole dug in in under twenty minutes, you can bury three people in an hour. <laughs> well, and you got to remember also that these are Central European people, my people as it were and if they're out there digging a hole that deep that fast that's just got to stink <laughs> <laughs> these are sweat, some sweaty looking men and a yeah, lot of yeah, them, I imagine they must be a lot of them are yeah, wearing are. ties <laughs> well it is a profession after all it's not a casual variety no you gotta uh, show some respect yeah so the uh the hardest part of the job is to deal with the mourners, said local gravedigger Laszlo Toth, one of the that part guy. of one of the fastest teams. But it's a good job with good colleagues and a good environment. Yeah, the whole thing is, if you want to bring the young people in, you got to make it uh, sexy and cool. You got to get Jay Z out there in one of his next videos, digging a grave. That's the only way to make it happen. Oh, and if he brought Beyonce with him, oh yeah, you'd have you'd have uh, all the people lining up at the employment office to become uh, grave diggers. You know, maybe what it does, what it causes, is if you do need these grave diggers bad enough, they the pay of the grave digger has to go up. Wasn't the grave digger? Wasn't that the name of a monster truck? <laughs> a monster truck. Yeah, <laughs> I think wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Call up your brother-in-law. He'd know. <laughs> Who, Dave? Yeah, Dave. He's a Monster Truck fan. <laughs> closet Monster Truck fan. No, I think he's out. I think he's out of the closet. I think we just. I think we just outed him. <laughs> Sorry, Karen, if you're listening. Your son is a huge Monster Truck fanatic, and your daughter daughter-in-law likes to go to casinos. I don't know what this world's coming to. I, I don't know myself, but I, I do know if you want to know about grave uh, a grave digger, Dave is the guy to ask. Yeah, but you got to make sure you get a hold of him on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> do you remember when they did turn the ritual coliseum into a giant mud pit? Yes. <laughs> did your dad ever take you down to those events? No. No. <laughs> now you know my dad did. You guys got to go. Oh yeah! Oh man, we, we went to all those tractor pulls and and stuff like that. I think I do remember going to one monster truck rally there, 
and it was loud and the mud was a flying. <laughs> you were if you were sitting close, you'd get dirty. Well, that brings us to the end of episode six of the South Richfield Rooster Podcast. Our special thanks to no one. <laughs> sorry, Whoever. Did we anybody do the intro? Not yet. <laughs> okay. Well, whoever does the intro, thanks. And uh, once again, our apologies to Eric Moore. Sorry, Eric, we went long. We'll try to get you on next time. And as always, listen to us on iTunes. Uh, click subscribe if you like this podcast, and it will be delivered to your inbox each time a new episode is posted. Also, follow us on Twitter at South Richfield and send us your comments at southrichfield at gmail.com and check out our website southrichfield.com everything South Richfield related for Mr. Matt Coma I am Scott Luther thank you all for listening have a great day see you next time Richfield Cockadoodle Loo